Thanks for downloading this episode of Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher, the podcast where a comedian and a yoga teacher have a chat over a cup of coffee, which I would hope would be what you were kind of expecting by downloading a podcast with that title. But I thought I'd best warn you anyway. Hope you enjoy the show. Here it comes. How are you today? Someone's uh, getting rid of a wasp's nest on a roof opposite. So this is exciting. How do you know? A bloke went up onto the roof wearing one of those things like the big like a bee like a bee thing outfit yeah. or whatever yeah yeah had a load of smoke and then a load of wasps were flying around so as a simple deduction from that information you would gather that's probably getting rid of a wasp nest isn't it we have one of those up in our attic we had to get someone to come in and sort it out but the, all they do is they just they just kill the nest and then they leave and we had dead at the time <laughs> we had a hole into the cavity wall in the kitchen where the old boiler used to be. So after they sprayed for these wasps, I started getting all these wasps in the kitchen. <laughs> half dead, half dazed, some flying around, some just dead. It was like, oh my God, so <laughs> I, I, I used to have a friend that used to live in Leeds and he used to mm. just get wasps in his bedroom like all the Oof. time, like just dead ones, yeah. like dead ones. They'd wake up and oh. they'd be like dead wasps, like new dead wasps. You know, like, I feel like that's that should be like some sort of like sign or something. That's a bad omen if you got dead wasps in your bedroom. Like, you know, like when you piss off the mafia and they put like a yeah, dead yeah. horse or something. Yeah, dead wasps. You just pissed us off a little bit. Lots of dead wasps. Everyone says that about, oh, mafia put dead horse in, in your... <laughs> but it's only because in The Godfather it's the guy's special horse like it's his prized horse that they cut off it's not like something that they just do (laughs) so that would just so that would be like you know if you had a prized wasp collection and then kept finding all the dead wasps in in your bedroom that's that's what it would be right so that doesn't really work then no well i kind of maybe was i'm a bit when i'm done there is i've occasionally i'll tell a joke or say something funny and then you'll be very logical and deconstruct why it doesn't work and I thought, I'll get my own back a bit now. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, it's so, fine. <laughs> so, put, put you right there. I felt like I was giving you one of those stupid excuses earlier, and I was like, I need to dry my hair. It's like, oh, sorry, I need to wash my hair. <laughs> felt- sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you're jiffing me. So. <laughs> but I really did have wet hair, right. and I thought I would be all right. <laughs> <laughs> just letting it air dry, but I was quite cold. <laughs> I thought, no, I'm going to have to dry this. <laughs> That's okay. That's a hell of a job, drying that amount of hair, isn't it? Uh, it's not so bad. My hair is quite fine. It takes about 10 minutes. I've also got a really good hair dryer. So. All right. It does make a difference having a good hair dryer. I used a really crap hair dryer for years, and then I finally got broke or something. I thought, right, I'll get a new one. It was like, oh, I'll get a good one, you know. It's really good, and I've still got it, so... And it dries my hair so much faster. <laughs> you should get a yeah, probably should get a good hair dryer then, yeah. If it's hmm. and like a good good vacuum cleaner as well. You should get a good vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So yeah, many cheap time. vacuum cleaners. Save but... time. How much is your time worth? Exactly. If you get a cheap vacuum cleaner and you spend thirty minutes vacuuming the same spot. What I really like is I'd like um everyone loves this shark vacuum cleaner, don't they? They love the shark. Oh, that one that goes around on the floor by itself. No 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 no, it's just to make the shark vacuum cleaner. Okay. Maybe they've I'll got picture. a variant that goes around by itself. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you have to keep using it. Like, it has to keep moving or it dies, unfortunately, this vacuum cleaner. Oh. That's a joke because sharks have to keep moving. Oh, so, I get it. Okay, yeah. sorry. I was, okay. I was a bit slow there. What a ridiculous design for a vacuum cleaner. You have to have it on continually. <laughs> <laughs> always moving like- it. 
Otherwise, what? yeah. Just always have to be doing a little bit of the... <laughs> just a little bit of cleaning all the time. Like you're hoovering the fourth bridge or something like that. <laughs> but, but no, yeah. everyone loves the shark make a vacuum cleaner, I think. So I like one of those, but they are like two, three hundred quid or something. Right. I guess you, you'd have it for ten years. It'd be probably do a great job. Yeah. But if we had a successful podcast, maybe I would wait to see if our listenership goes massive and then maybe Shark will get like in touch and give me a free oh. free vacuum cleaner and then that can oh, be that thank you for mentioning us yeah, have advert. a free vacuum yeah. cleaner that'd be good because then yeah instead of like having to edit the episodes to make it sound like they're like a continuous conversation of something it can just if yeah. we come to a natural break at any point just have an advert break for the shark vacuum cleaner the best <laughs> could be good it'd make it a lot easier to do Oh, here's something I quickly found out the other day. So, you know, um, in the old days of, like, religious relics and stuff, they used to sort of, like, maybe, like I don't know, medieval times or something, they'd sell, like, yeah. relics of saints and fingers of saints and that sort of thing. You'd be able to buy them and things. Yeah. Now, Jesus, obviously, they, they couldn't... Because if you believe in Jesus, his earthly remains are not on earth, are they? Because he rose up to heaven. Okay. So you couldn't actually sell any part of the body of Jesus, could you? Right. So you'd think. Okay. But there is one part of Jesus that would have stayed on earth. And apparently they used to try and sell, like, they get people trying to sell this. So can you figure out what part of Jesus would have still been left on earth if his, if he went up to heaven? Um, but what what would have been left behind? I have no idea. Right. Okay. So, okay. I'll give you some clues. So what, what, obviously Jesus wasn't a, a Christian, was he? He would have been like, what would he have been? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> have you figured it out? Because he's Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you going to tell that joke on stage? I'm not telling the joke. It's just something a fact I found out. What? Apparently. So they seriously tried to sell Jesus's bits? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or some people would like, you know, s- sort of scammers or whatever the equivalent would be like, oh, this is, you know, the one relic you can sell of Jesus. Oh, my gosh. In pretty good nick, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's awful. Yeah. So I think everyone listening would have figured that out by now, but I don't think I should dignify it by saying exactly Yeah, I'm what not that. saying it. No, no. <laughs> Did you know that the Japanese... Or I, obviously, this is this is that was a bit vague saying the Japanese, but it's believed, it's quite commonly believed in Japan or thought about or whatever that they have Jesus's grave there. All right. When Jesus finished his stuff and he came back, he went to Japan and he lived out the rest okay. of his life in Japan, and then he died in Japan, and then he has a little little grave there. You can go and visit it. Don't remember that. Don't remember <laughs> that in the gospel. That's not in the Bible, but I really like that. Because it was like, when I found out, I was like, what? It's what? <laughs> like, you know, Jesus Christ. It was like, uh, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so it's actually there then. There's actually Yeah, a, there's like a, a thing, thing you can go and see, like, because it's supposed to be Jesus's grave. Right. Because he died there. Because he got old and died there. <laughs> oh, okay. So his actual <laughs> earthly remains are there. Which makes sense because Japan hasn't been open for the rest of the world to to visit, you know, for ever. It doesn't make sense, so, but yeah. No, I mean it makes sense why they wouldn't have any any body parts to sell because you weren't allowed to get if you got into Japan, you weren't allowed to leave, were you? So it'd be quite nice to reunite the whole of Jesus's body now. Oh no! Finally, uh, 
we'll find out if we'll find out it's the wrong fit now. We'll be like, this is this is. Well, it would have been when he was eight days old, right, or something. So oh yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think I suppose, that would. Yeah, it's not gonna. Yeah, it was a bit stretchy, you know. So be... That's awful. This is supposed to be a sophisticated podcast about mindfulness and ideas. But, oh dear. Anyway, <laughs> so. What would you like to talk about regarding the warrior poses? You were mm. like wanting to, you wanted to talk about them, and I thought, I know, I know what your favourite warrior is. It's an eco warrior. That's your favourite. <laughs> yeah. anyway. Sorry, I'll, I'll shut up. You can say some stuff now. So. I was gonna say. So you know how we talked about poses being related to animals, and like loads of poses being animals, and then it kind of dawned on me. That there are quite a lot of poses that aren't, obviously. And one of the, one of the ones that came to mind were obviously the warrior poses. And it was like, oh, well, those aren't, definitely aren't animals. So just to give a little context, yoga, yoga is really old. <laughs> so yoga is about 5,000 years old. And it was maybe started is a good word. It was started as a way of keeping healthy and fit. It was, it was started in India by monks. So the idea behind yoga was that you could, do a bit of this yoga, these poses, these postures, and that would keep the body healthy. It would keep the body comfortable. And then you could potentially sit in your meditation for longer periods of time in your endeavor to reach nirvana or enlightenment or whatever, because you've had your, you don't have the body distracting you. Everybody knows when you feel like crap, it can be all you can think about sometimes, you know. So this idea was that you can make yourself feel good, stretch it out, wiggle, shake, dance around, feel great. And then when you go and sit and meditate, it's like, ha, this is easy. Easy peasy. Oh, I'm enlightened. Right, okay, not quite like that, but <laughs> but it kind of makes you wonder, like, it seems a bit odd to have a warrior pose in something that stems from being like that. You know, like, for, for example, in Tai Chi, Tai Chi, is, I think it's about half as old as yoga. I think it's like 2,500 years around about. That's from China, and Tai Chi stems from monks as well, but for a very different reason. Tai Chi is a defensive stance, so they were being attacked a lot because they were easy targets, the monasteries. So the monks decided to learn to defend themselves, and one of their ways of defense, one of the things that came, they came up with at the time was Tai Chi. So it's a defensive kind of martial arts in a way. A lot of the time now, it's really slowed down. It's really used for, you know, not for that kind of thing. And it's really nice if you haven't tried it. <laughs> but like you could understand names of things and that related to fighting and stuff like that. But it seemed a bit odd having a warrior pose in your yoga because yoga is supposed to be just about being healthy and keeping peace and stuff. And then you think like, well, maybe they just named it because it kind of looks like that. But another thing is all yoga poses that are old. So obviously there are new yoga poses that have been added to uh, society over the last like 50 years or something. But like over old, old ones, some of the original poses and things that we'll find, they tend to all have like a bit of a meaning behind them or an idea or a mindset. So people describe like backbends as being confidence building or, you know, trying to you know, open your heart. So sometimes if you take a back bend, especially if it's in a forward fold, so like your puppy pose, there's that idea of, of giving, you know, giving over, so folding forward, but then you're taking that heart opening pose. So maybe 
like literally opening your heart in terms of your emotions and things. So there's a little bit of spiritualness behind the poses in that way and what they could mean and what they represent on an emotional level if you want to make that connection. And I always think the warrior poses, they kind of give a bit of a balance and they kind of bring it back because we focus a lot on trying to be peaceful and go with the flow and, you know, just release in a sense. But there will always be times in our lives when we do need to fight. And maybe that is something completely internal that nobody else really knows about or sees. It could be something that's more like you found something that you think is wrong, maybe climate change and stuff like that. And you want to decide like you're going to put some, you're going to fight for that, you know. Or it could be just simple things like fighting against strong emotions, like not letting your anger get the better of you. And there's always a place in our lives for that that little battle. I mean, people call it like battling their demons and things like that. Like there's always going to be a place in the world and in our lives for those for those moments where you need to be that warrior. But I will emphasize that with your whole life should not be a battle. <laughs> so definitely find that balance in that area of your life. It shouldn't be the whole life shouldn't feel like you're trudging uphill or upstream or you're constantly in a battle. But that's not to say you don't need that perseverance and that strength that we try to embody in our warrior poses. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what I wanted to say. So that sounds like theory. But why do the poses themselves help you feel that way, if that makes sense? You mean, well, they are strong poses, in right. a sense. Like, they are, they're hard to hold. Yeah, your Warrior Three requires a lot of focus and balance. It's that, like, T-shape over one leg. Um, your Warrior Two and your Warrior One poses look very similar, but they're different hip positionings is the main difference, really. And the arms, obviously, up and out. I'm not saying that wasn't an answer. But, I mean, do you think that that's made you more of a, able to battle things or what, well, like those think, specific like, poses? To, or just you, to... you have to enable the mental aspect of the pose. It would be silly not to. Because sometimes I get, I'm not being like a, a, a devil's advocate or something like that, but occasionally I sort of, if you say, oh, this pose makes you, like, embody, embodies this idea or should make you feel a certain way, like, mm. you know, then that sometimes sounds like theory, but I, I don't know if I'm really if doing it. I sometimes feel it's just it's like a just like a muscular skeletal sort of thing rather than a, making me actually a, a better warrior in my life. If that makes sense, I mean, hmm. do you think they actually? Do you think the poses actually make you, for example, care more about fighting climate change or not? Or do you think it's the you've read the theory and gone, oh well, you know that's that's the because to me, I, I like I like the warrior poses. I'm not knocking them. Not I'm not knocking the poses. I feel I feel pretty good after doing them. I've got to say, hmm. but. I don't know. I feel like that. Well, maybe to that's me is because a mental and physical stimulation is is. I think it's separate. I don't know why well, you those can't poses. Say that, make... Can you? Because <laughs> you can't have. You can't say that your mental and physical stimulation no, is separate. No, right. <laughs> but I I can understand what you're coming from. There's the potential because I started my practice with a private teacher and. I did that for a very long time and she taught like a Hatha variation and everything we learned was both sides of the coin. So we never just learned about physical postures. We would learn everything about that pose and what it, and what mindset you're supposed to have when you're in it, 
you know, how it can help you, not just physically how strong and how much um, focus you need and things like that. You know, there would be, more, there's more to it. So maybe that has colored, colored my mm. uh, perspective on it. So trying to let that go and think about it, I would say that in the physical poses, you are required to engage most of the muscles in the body. So that's not easy. In traditional yoga, you would hold the poses for quite a long time, so a good 10 breaths. And in your warrior three, you're in a full body balance. So one leg's up behind you, head's out in front. If you can, arms straight, and then one leg supporting you. So it's a pretty long, hard balance as well. It's not a case of just balancing, as you do in your tree pose, where you're kind of basically still stacked over your normal skeletal structure standing upright in your warrior pose you're leaning at a right angle so it's quite a difficult pose to hold but more than that it takes a lot of focus so i would say that there's potential there that you're practicing the mental skills of focus and perseverance and staying with something even though it's hard to do it and then you could apply those to other areas in your life that aren't physical if you want and maybe you don't have to even make that choice maybe that just happens so the more you practice your focus and your perseverance and things the more you tend to just automatically start applying them to other areas in your life you don't give up quite as easily perhaps does that connection work a little bit better yeah that sounds a bit more credible yeah i was just thinking like if you didn't have any of that theory like if you learn the theory behind the poses when you were learning. I don't even know, mm. were you learned to be a teacher at that time as well? Or were you just like No, starting? no, I practiced for six years before I did my yoga oh, okay. teacher training. And we didn't really cover this kind of stuff on my yoga teacher training either. Mm-hmm. I picked the right yoga teacher to do this with then, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered if you were just taught the poses, like, yeah, I suppose most people that just go to a class probably just be taught the poses. Would you, and you were doing these poses more often, would you suddenly, like, and you might, seeing as what you just said there, but would you just suddenly find yourself, like, becoming more i don't know would you be thinking oh, i've been doing these warrior poses for a while why do i want to join extinction rebellion all of a sudden or something would you, like- <laughs> i'm not sure it'd have quite that effect but basically what you're talking about is that um what do they call it like a, a seed planting a seed so you have this you have this idea that like you start with something vague like i feel really happy you know i want to share this with people and then, you know, it grows from there. Or maybe something even really, really physical and practical. Like you notice once you've had your class or something and you're really hot and sweaty and you get some water and you're like, oh, God, isn't water great? I love <laughs> yeah. water. And you like have a bottle of water or a drink of water or whatever. And then later you're like, oh, God, wouldn't it be awful if you didn't have water? You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll just like donate to some water charity or something. And then you look it up and you and and, and it like grows a little bit on you. And maybe, and then, you know, certain uh, personality types might even take that a step further. You're like, when you finally want to, you know, if you want to volunteer or something, you might actually look for something that's close to your heart, like a water charity, if that connection was really, you know, it, it seems, yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems odd to make those yeah. connections when you just talk about it outright. But I think our bodies and our brains work that way, whether we think about them like that or not. Yeah. So, okay. I think that your practice does start to affect your life in really subtle ways that could end up being life-changing if they start to, in a sense, snowball. It, it, but that makes it sound bad because usually snowballs used for a bad, but I don't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> I just, it can grow and, and stuff. 
Yeah. I just, yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was, yeah, I think it's good to elaborate so it just doesn't sound yeah. like a, like, like. Well, if like, you like start it. to get like, oh, Kayla, you're talking crap, then other <laughs> people are going to think that too. So you got to put me right or I won't, because I have to, I have to articulate things that are mostly feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and less real like I'm not I'm not memorized a book you know this is just what I've learned and I have to learn to articulate that so if I don't do it very well then I need you to tell me that's not really good enough Kayla no 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 that's I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm satisfied with that I just um thank you it just makes me wonder like it's hard to chart the changes that happen to you that are happening to you on a day-to-day basis like without the contrast of looking back and thinking, oh, I wasn't like that 10 years ago before I was doing all yeah. these things and stuff like that. But I, I, I find myself like it's very, it's very kind of difficult to, to do that. I don't really know a lot of the changes that it's sort of brought about in me other than I'm probably more relaxed and zen-like and stuff like that. Probably meditating has helped that. And also just yeah. getting older sometimes is, it just makes you a bit more relaxed about things. Maybe it was just, maybe I was just always going to chill out. Once I got to this age anyway, it's just entirely, entirely <laughs> possible. Maybe it's just... Well, that's it, isn't it? I was feeling a bit tired today, so I've, I've, I've done a quick cardio exercise. I've had a cup of coffee and I've taken an iron multivitamin. Which one did the trick? I will never know. No, no, no. <laughs> maybe it was all placebo but, as well. You just don't. You yeah. Just don't. <laughs> Anything else to say about warrior stuff? Obviously, uh, I enjoy doing them. I don't know why. I think I, I, I quite... <laughs> Like being, I don't know what my favorite one is. Not free. It's not free. Is not my favorite. That's the. Hard. <laughs> That's hard. I'm always wondering if I'm in the wrong because I can't see myself side on. I wonder mm. if I. Uh, I feel like I'm getting sort of right angles to the floor, but I'm probably not. I'm probably way no. off that. No, you're telling me no. I'm not. Yeah. No. You know. Yeah. No. Okay. You're su- Everyone will be surprised by this, yeah. and I always ask, and if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do a little bit, and I sometimes do it in some of the harder classes. We'll do a warrior three or something, then I'll look around, and then I'll go right. Do you want me to tell you where you should be? Because like uh, I don't mind if you're just like no, nah, just leave me. I'm fine. That's fine. But if you want, I can show you, and then you kind of go like this. With, you know, head down, legs up, and people go, whoa, really? And it's like, yeah, that's that's where you should be. We can do that next time we're in class. I'll uh, I'll put you into Warrior 3, and then I'll keep I'll say, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> and I'll get you into the right shape, and then you can see what you think of it. Over. But you don't have to take it like that, obviously. I don't think my you leg know, goes always... at a right angle very easily, though, with my hips. I don't think. With your hips? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the problem. Yeah. I think I could lean forward. I just don't think my leg would go back enough and be level with my... Um... I think it is your, your back leg that tends to droop. I feel I'm being criticised. It's like have you have you wanted to say this for ages and you just haven't. Like, oh, finally, I can. No, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind. Warrior three is the pose that people tend to not be able to know if they're right or wrong in it because it's really hard to see yourself. Because I remember one of the things that I did ages ago. Um, me and Mum went on holiday to um, Cornwall, and on the way down. Or was it on the way back? On the way back, we went by Stonehenge. Of course you did. And we saw Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey! Yeah. yeah. And, um, and while we were there, I was like, right, you're going to take yoga pictures with me. So I was like, try- I tried to do like a warrior three with Stonehenge resting on my back. Oh, I've seen that photo. It's a good photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a good picture. And I said, you know, tell me when I'm straight because obviously I won't know exactly. And mum was like, up, 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 down, up, down, up. And I'm like, oh my God, just take the picture. <laughs> 
But yeah, Warrior Three is a hard one. Definitely. Yeah, I knew I didn't look as good as as I as I was allowing my imagination to think that it was looking. So. That's why I like to start stood up with the leg just back behind you, and then just freeze, and then just start to pivot down over that standing mm. leg, and then see how far you go before things need to bend, like knees and stuff and back, and and then if you think like no, everything's starting to bend, then that's really where you should stop. Which might not be as low as yeah, you like. Yeah, it won't look as pretty. You know? It won't be. Yeah, exactly. It won't go on the gram. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm doing it badly now. I feel like I feel, no, I feel like no. I feel like Dumbo thinking he can fly, but he can't really. <laughs> you know a secret that I've never watched Dumbo. Oh, uh, it was racist. You can't watch it now because it's got racist. Oh, right. It's got. Okay. It's from the was it from the 1940s or something? I think it's got like um, I think some of the crows speaking like caribbean dialects or something like that and i know i've heard it's racist now i don't know i watched something within the last six months i was really surprised at how like sexist it was but i can't remember what it was so i can't really tell you but i just remember watching something old from like when i was a kid now or something like that and i just remember thinking what <laughs> yeah that happened with oh what was it recently i don't know if it was a john hughes film or something Mm. But I remember thinking that it was really dated attitudes towards women yeah. women in it. Weird. There'll be things that are made today that we'll watch in 20, 30 years' time and think, oh, my God, that's a dated attitude. I can't believe we used to. <laughs> so was... well, the, well, like, the romantics were really open about that kind of thing, about being, like, not being sexist against women and stuff and, like, not necessarily having to get married and stuff like that. Like, And that was ages ago. I don't know a great deal about the romantics, so I would like to know what you mean a little bit more about that. Uh, Do you mean like the romantics, <laughs> the movement, like, you know, yeah. Lord Byron well, or something like that? Well, something. three of them lived together. I mean, they were friends. I, there was nothing that indicated that they weren't. And two of them got married. Um, um, they were man and woman. And then there was a couple, another couple that didn't get married, and they lived their whole lives not married. And at that time... That was real. They were a couple. They lived together. Well, they might not have slept together, though. They might have just. No, they did. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did definitely. About, <laughs> they but, were a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think there was there was quite a few things like that, and there was um one particular story where a woman was like she didn't want to be she didn't want to be a mother and do that kind of stuff, so she got into writing. And so who who are these people then? Just, just I can't. Are, give, are you like... have to give me at least a day's warning if you want names. <laughs> Are they like Lord Byron and Shelley and like yeah. people like that? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. The poets. What's that like? Late seventeen hundreds, yeah, of, like, yeah, early eighteen hundreds. I know because one of them married Mary Shelley, didn't he? Because even like the story of Frankenstein, they were having a party. They were just all hanging out together, and then they were like, "Right, well, everyone has to write a creepy story. Go write a story," and that's where Frankenstein came from. Mm. She went and wrote a story, and then made it more. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. kept it going or whatever, and. I don't know. I think it's a really interesting time period. And, I, and when you read about it, I think they were considered like risque. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like not following the norms and getting divorced. And I mean, I know they had divorced then, obviously, but I mean, like it was still frowned upon. I'm wondering if that is because if that in that time of history, I don't know a great deal about what people's social attitudes were really. But mm. do you think that and now I might look this up in half an hour and feel like a right idiot but do you think that a lot of our <laughs> and then we'll have to re-record that yeah, well, totally <laughs> do you think that might possibly because be because we're skewed to how prude people used to be in the past because 
the Victorian era is much better documented and it's more recent and there was like a reversion to sort of like very prim ideas about morality and stuff during the Victorian age. It could be. I'm not saying that these people weren't pioneering in terms of their... You know how like things always sort of go in cycles? So do you think that was like kind of the debauched cycle and then it went to the very prim cycle and then it got a bit debauched again in the, I don't know when, 60s? I don't know, whatever. <laughs> do you think it's sort of kind of like that sort of thing? There's always like... Because you always... There's always a reaction to whatever the... Do you think? I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. It could wrong, be. But... It could be. I also think, like, I think, like, if you if you look for it, I think there's always been that kind of crowd any time period throughout history. You know, like brothels and and you know, been around. You know, a lot of people think like, oh, brothels, that's just prostitutes, but it doesn't necessarily like that's a whole scene. You know, clubs, brothels, drugs. Like and nowadays, that's frowned upon because because you can be. Um, homosexual, etc., without mm. having to hide it. But when it was illegal, those kind of people aimed towards those more shady areas or dodgy-looking areas. But that doesn't necessarily mean that every single person there was dodgy and high on drugs and loads of you know, you know, stuff like that. It just meant that things that weren't technically approved of at the time got shifted into the same category and same place as like what we would consider the dark web. <laughs> yeah, the dark web. And, but I think it's like it's always been there, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, but the attitudes of the romantics towards women—would you do you think they are sort of like what treating them more as equal? Or like? I got the impression from what I've been reading about them, and that was this summer, though. So it's gone out of my head now. Right. <laughs> but I, did, I, did, I was really interested in what I was reading, and I thought it was really like the way I don't know because obviously. We write history, so you can you can write about it and make it sound even more romantic than the romantics. You know what I mean? So they could write about it, and make it sound like the women were really equal. But I think you know when they say things like, "Oh, all you know, five or six of us were together in the house, and we all were going to write a story, and we all were going to like, in a sense, compete with each other. You know, write these stories and then repeat them and see see which ones we like the most. And the women were just included in that." You know, there was no separation. There was no trying to put them into another room or have the men in their own room. And, you know, like you get that impression sometimes from like other eras. The men, you know, if men came over to to socialize, they would socialize on their own and the women would socialize on their own and they wouldn't necessarily always socialize together. I'm not saying that they didn't, obviously, but, um, Mm. you know, there was a lot more separation in things, whereas I don't get that impression from the romantics. But that could be the opinion of the people that I was reading because obviously I... Have, I'm not a researcher into you know history yeah, of things like this. Yeah, just, so, yeah. <laughs> so not only is it my opinion on an opinion, it's like an opinion on opinion on opinion. Although that's interesting, you say the, so. the, the best story or the worst well-known one being Frankenstein. Did she publish that under a woman's name as well, or because obviously not every female writer did, even like. Mm. The Brontes and George Eliot are maybe probably after that and didn't yeah. didn't use, even though they actually did write controversial stuff. And that wasn't just a problem at that time period. I mean, a couple of years ago, I did a whole course on the history of astronomy. And one of the papers that we were optioned to write, you know, they give you some topics to write essays. And one of the topics was women in, in astronomy. That's a short topic, isn't it? Well, no, no, it's not. Not in the early periods. <laughs> because in the beginning, women were, were the computers. 
So any computers that we use now were women at the t at that time before we actually had physical computers, as in that we're using now to talk. <laughs> I mean, like they were the computers. They calculated all the information for them. So in the end, they actually made most of the discoveries. So there was a lot of stuff going on there as well. And a lot of like women weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to publish any of their findings. They weren't allowed to do the research after they found something interesting. They didn't get the same wage as the men. And one woman who was working at uh, Harvard University in the in the IT in the astronomy department, she she was saying like, I don't have a husband. I'm not sure what happened with that. I can't remember exactly if she if if he died or not. But she had children and no husband, which means she had to be the carer. She had to provide enough money, but she was getting half the wage as her male counterparts. And no matter how much she pushed it, telling them like she needs the money because she doesn't have a husband to provide, they still wouldn't give her the wage. And one of the guys that was over the thing, he said something ridiculous, you know, like, oh well, um eat my hat and, and close down the whole department before I let a woman become, you know, something or another. And it was just like, you know, really, really strong language. Mm. And it was like, Jesus Christ. And that was the 1900s. Wow. So it's like, I don't know. So I think there's pockets of like progression and then pockets of like just not progressing at all. <laughs> the romantics should have got into um ast like astronomy astronomy then shouldn't they? Astrology. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Did I say astronomy again? That's right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Every time I say it I think I get the wrong one. Although you say you tell me off for calling you an astrologer, but yeah. you tried to read my fortune the other day, so it's not Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Not know, by the stars, though. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> by the cards. Oh, well, yeah, by the much more time-tested scientific route of some sort um, of cards. Tarot cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It freaks me out, that sort of thing. I don't want to know. <laughs> Surprisingly, quite a few people took me up on that. Because <laughs> I posted it on my Instagram. How do you pick the cards, then? What, is, what do you do? Just like... Um, usually, you, you, you... Like, as a chooser, you, choo you um, have, like a sign or a tell or something so like for me i tend to go for like you lay all the cards out and then you put your hands over them and then if you get a twitch that's the card so then you grab that card so you actually feel you feel a twitch yeah yeah okay moves. but it's probably just like a tendon in your elbow yeah, wiggling as you go probably. back and forth you're like mm. <laughs> okay. i always seem to choose ones on the left i no. thought you were a scientist <laughs> i'm not having that. <laughs> okay. oh, i love to do it i tend to i i I like the cards on, on Halloween. I, I find that quite fun. Mm, okay. Quite spooky. <laughs> mm, scares me. Yeah. <laughs> I always think, like, how do you know that, like, your intuition isn't helping you here? You know? Like, because I know that they say things like, your brain takes in a lot of information, but you don't process it all. You don't need to. You know, like, if you go for, if you go for a walk and then ride a bus into town you know there's loads of information your brain has to process like every single person that you see are they a threat are they not a threat what's going on is the bus going too fast you know loads of things that your brain processes without you having to actually consider it and i think like sometimes i wonder with these kind of like oracle things if there's not something like that going on if your brain isn't like especially when you do it about yourself you know, if your brain isn't like, oh, well, I did actually see these cards, or I know the types of cards that are here, or, I, you know, maybe you saw something that you didn't know you saw, and then when you pick something out, you read into it, and then you pick out from the reading what you think is best for you as well. I don't know, I just think, like, maybe there's something like that going on a little bit. But you mainly do it for a laugh, right, dear? Yeah. You don't actually, like, take it too seriously. Well, not really, I suppose not. 
Like, I, I don't do things where they say, like, don't do that. You know, when you, that's more, again, that's more astrology. So, like, when they say, don't, don't go talk to your boss this week because the stars say it's not going to be good. You know, I would never, that, that's not the kind of thing. I tend to use oracle cards, which are more like, more open, like what I said, you know, more like, oh, you've been stressed this week. Try and calm down. It's like, well, who hasn't been stressed this week? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably every single person in the world's been stressed this week. <laughs> bunch of charlatans those cards aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's like psychic sally in a box well i do think like a lot of them are written to be like daily cards where you just pick one and then it's like oh you know today why don't you try and you know connect with nature a bit more and it's more just like a thing to do card rather than like future telling or something you know what i mean i just don't want you telling me to you know don't accept that gig down south next exactly, week because yeah, yeah. the card told me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd never do anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if that's good. Yeah. Sorry, I don't think anyone. I have to go in a minute. <laughs> yes, I better let you go. So I will speak to you soon. And have a lovely evening. I hope everything goes smoothly tonight. I'll be alright. If not, I'm on first. I'll be home quickly. So. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, feel free to tell other people or give us a good review on iTunes or something. If you if you want, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not begging, you know. And don't forget to subscribe as well, if you, if you want. See you in two weeks. We're talking about cyber warfare and abundance. So we'll see you then. <laughs>